Welcome back to Coping with Jesus. This is a podcast where we talk about our faith and talk about how we bring Jesus into our lives to help us cope with the everyday life. My name is Julie Majofsky. I'm Donna Burke. And this is our seventh season, episode eight. And this season, we are talking about our love of the parables. And so today, we're actually going to um, look at the last parable, and then next week, we're going to recap our entire season together. Um, But today, we're looking at the parable, which is probably the most well-known parable, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, um, which actually is only, I think, the only parable that is in one gospel and is the gospel of Luke, which... Found in Luke. Only found in Luke, which I did not know that until we were looking at doing this. And we this. don't really know the reason, do we? We do not. I wonder why that to is. To check with Luke on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we have Eve Rossi joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And Lisa Steiner is back with us again. Thank you for having me here. We're excited to have you. All right. So everybody's in. Everybody's excited. Let's just get to it. Get to it. Okay. So the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son is um, kind of a long scripture reading. So instead of reading the whole scripture uh, to you as a story, we're kind of going to tell the story. So let's see how well we do and how well we know our story. (laughs) As Julie said, we all know it, but let's see how well we know it. So I'll begin. It's Luke 15. Um, and it goes from uh, verse 11 to 32. So I will begin by reading. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between the two sons. Not long after that, what happened? Who wants to go next? Um, so as I recall, um, so the younger son took his inheritance and went left home, um, and lived for himself. So, um, spent his money and all of his inheritance, um, on selfish pursuits, um, in, in pursuit of happiness, but really looking into our himself, mm-hmm. Um, and became poor, had nothing. Yeah. So then what happened? So he lost everything and came back. Um, actually what he had experienced is he went out looking for, um, a job, I think on a, a, a farm type job and, um, found out that, you know, in, and the food that he was eating, he was he was eating like a pulper, you know, more or less, um, not making an, enough money for, and it was like the food of the like a pig, more or less, mm-hmm. the, the feet of the pig, and um, so he was very in despair. So he ended up going back home, and and asking his father. Um, if if he would take him back, and that he would be willing to work for his father 
as one of their their servants. Okay, and so let's stop there for a minute. So he decided to go back home. He He's going to ask for forgiveness. He's going to ask for a job, even um, of just a servant-type job. What happens as he is nearing his home? So it was like the father was actually just standing there, almost waiting for him to return. That's amazing. Isn't it, though? It was like every single day just sitting there waiting for him to return. Um, And from a long distance off, the father saw him and he ran toward him uh, and greeted him with, you know, a big hug and told the servants to slaughter the fattened calf and put rings on his fingers and... And before he did that, his brother, um, (laughs) after the father threw his arms around him and with much compassion, the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And then, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the, uh, brother that had actually stayed became very upset because he felt that he was being taken advantage of by the father. And the father had said to him, you know, he said to his father that you've never even given us a small goat, me and my friends. And I've done everything that you ask of all the time. I didn't ask for the money, and the father said, you know, everything I have is going to be yours. Your brother has returned. Let's rejoice. Um, And so there's a lot of different messages in this entire parable from each perspective, the perspective of the son who is asking for forgiveness, the father who offers it without even expecting the ask, and then the son who felt taken advantage of, but judged his brother for what it is yeah, that he and, did. And to go way back when, even um, talking about the son, the prodigal son who ran away, being discontent with his life. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, before so many people started, are discontent right? and they live with it, but some, and get depressed. And he was discontent and he wanted to get out of it and break out of it. And um, the whole thing is just so many stories inside of this one right big story, right? Yeah, I you know I found in kind of going over this and the different stories, there's the stories of they they said rebellion and repentance mm-hmm. and um, restoration, you know. And uh, of of good our words resentment and 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 of and then of rejoicing, you mm-hmm. know, in in each segment. Those you know, are great. Maybe talk in front of the microphone, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. the editing is harder when <laughs> when you're facing the wrong way. She's so fussy. <laughs> <laughs> but don't rebel. Just move the microphone with you. There you go. There it is. Yeah. It's hard when you always have to look at somebody. That's what talk. we were saying last week. We turn Rather than looking at look a microphone, I feel like my nose is almost up. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That makes it for easier for the listener. Okay. Uh, but, um, Those are great R words, and that certainly they describe the story, um, or they are 
part of the story. They all are. But actually, you know what? I was thinking about the father. You know, he was actually waiting for his son to come back. Mm -hmm. Do you suppose he was praying a lot for his son to return and knew somehow that he was going to return, that God was going to? Well, I think he he knew because obviously the the prodigal— the prodigal father, it's actually the father that's the prodigal, right? And I think that mm-hmm. that's what father, the father talks yeah. about it. Yeah. The father is God. He knows yeah. that, you know, we're going to return to him. It's just he's always waiting. Yep. You know, so. Something that I thought was really interesting when I was reading about this, too, is that the son was at a very far off distance. Right. That's, and he knew it was his son. He knew, he recognized him. So that to me too, thinking of the father in the story as God, the father, like he knows us, even if we are, have found a more of a selfish path and we've gone away from our faith. um, He still knows us, recognizes us. So not only was he waiting and knowing that he's going to return, trusting, but he also still knows us even when we're pulling away from him right. mm-hmm. yeah still can recognize yes. you at a far distance you right. know because he knows us so intimately mm-hmm. and he has his eyes on us all the time right really he has right. his right. eyes on us all the time he is with us even if we are not facing him even if we are not looking toward him he is always with us and then there's that piece where and many people are afraid of reconciliation or they don't feel worthy of church or communion or, you know, anything just mm-hmm, worthy right. because they don't trust that they'll be forgiven. Right. And he was so nervous to go home that he's like, I'm just going to tell my dad, you know, I'm just going to tell him, I'm so sorry. I'll just be one of your hired slaves. And, you know, and he had never, ever expected the reception that he got. Right. And that, that makes me really smile about mm-hmm. God's love. Right. Because if this is a sample, and that's what parables are, little little um, examples of our, our explanations um, to help us understand. And if this is helping to explain the Father's love, I think it does. I mean, like, mm-hmm. ask no questions. Don't tell me where you've been, what you've done. I forgive you. I welcome you home. And not only that, treat you like you're royalty. Like we, I want you here. You didn't come back a second class citizen. Exactly. Which is really kind of important to some of the things that we've talked about, about welcoming people um, back to church if they've been away for a while or um, of being welcoming and not snubbing our noses at people because, well, first of all, we've all been there. Right. Um, and, and second of all, it is really difficult to, and humbling to come back sometimes when you very much, you know, truly when you've, anytime I've found myself in my, when I look back in my life, when I found myself not practicing my faith and, um, I've come back because I was in such a stressful situation, whatever it may be, I was brought to my knees back, you know? Um, and so we really need to look at being, um, gracious and welcoming and loving just like 
non-judgmental. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's no judging. And without judgment. Right. right. And no, no questions asked. It was no one thing that Donna said. Asked. Yeah. No questions asked. Like, welcome back. You know, just to humble yourself. I mean, being humble, you know, I think that's really a hard thing. And that's something that we at times find we have, we have to do. I think being humble is part of. Right. Admitting that Mm -hmm. we We can't, that's a harder, um, a harder thing to preach, a harder thing to talk about is getting people to feel, to be humble enough to say they're sorry or to come back. Um, It's easier for us to look at this beautiful, forgiving father accepting because that's such a, that's such a, a good feeling when we do it. And we've had those, we've all had that feeling that I welcomed somebody and it felt good or I forgave somebody and it felt good. Right. Absolutely. But the, I humbly went up to somebody and that was hard. <laughs> yeah, right, for sure. And you don't always know what the other end's going to be like. Yeah. So if we look at the perspective of the son that was always by his father's side and doing what he was supposed to be doing, and he was like, hey, what about me? Right. Um, you know, there was uh, some resentment, some jealousy there. Um, and, and, you know, looking at what the father says to him is you've always been with me. What I have is your, everything I have is yours, but let's rejoice, you know, not be judgmental and not shun your brother because he was lost and now was found, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of, I, I, when I think of the way we need to be um, loving, it's really, we're kind of that brother that mm-hmm. I can't say that I've always been by you know like faithful and and but currently I'm practicing my faith I I'm at church I'm involved in the community right and it's wonderful but it's even more wonderful the more people that come to church and the more yep. people we experience and mm-hmm. so Yes, we need to rejoice with the Father anytime anybody comes to church that hasn't been around for a while. Right. But that's that's such a tricky thing. I mean, like, if because his son came home, his first reaction was, oh, this is wonderful. We must celebrate. This This is a miracle. This is, you know, tell everybody, do everything. And you forget, you have a tendency to forget about the one who's always been there at that moment. Mm-hmm. Because right now something really exciting just happened. Right. And that, you know, it makes it, it puts it in the human perspective. Like right. I could see myself fussing over, you know, the grandson that just had this wonderful experience or the son that, you know, and not really thinking about the other people in the room right away. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, on the outside, I notice that when I'm with people, I notice, oh my gosh, you shouldn't be giving that child all that attention in front of this other child. But when you're in it doing it, you're at the moment, your subject is the one who needs that attention, yeah. the one who needs right. to know you love them. Yeah, and I think there's so much of this parable that um, is so human, I mean, every part of it, I think you can relate to 
each one of the sons and and their experiences. Um, right. Well, so the parable of the prodigal son, as it's called, um, is one of three or the last of the three redemptive mm-hmm. um, parables that Jesus taught. You know, when he is with the Pharisees and the scribes who are basically berating him to say, why are you sharing a meal with tax collectors and sinners? And this is, you know, where Jesus is saying that we're all a family of God. You know, we're all equal in God's eyes. And so everyone is worth it. And that's how we should all be treating everybody. So... So in one of those three parables is the lost sheep, and that one is um, is tricky because, you know, if yeah. one sheep walks away, you're going to go leave the 99 to go take care of that one? Well, yes, you know. Right. You're not going to let one be lost. or Right, because the 99 are, are safe 99 together. Are safe. They're fine. They're together. My son that's always been here is fine. He's safe. I appreciate him, you know. Um I take care of that one that was gone. That or one the that, lost coin. One that needs yeah. me right now. Right. And then that lost, then the lost coin, coin from the widow. Yeah, that's the other one. So, One thing I was reading about with those three, too, the parable of the lost sheep, it was one out of 99, right? Um, and then the coin was one out of 10. Mm-hmm. And then the sun, it's like becoming... Almost dropped my water. Um, It's becoming even more valuable. So, and then the lost son was one out of two. Right. You know. So, so the um, the parables were building in Mm -hmm. the value, and really, one out of ninety nine. One out of hundred. One out of hundred. Right. Was like I think I read too that the for that one the sheep, the shepherd really wouldn't have gone after. Like in in that time, they would have stuck with the 99, but it's saying how God will go after us. He will do something out out of the ordinary. He will go out of his way, as we would say today. Right, because if we're the lost sheep, we're valuable to him, and so Mm -hmm. he will go go for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Right. Somebody in their homily just talked about that. Shepherd wouldn't really go after. Right. I think it was Deacon Joe. Yeah. Yeah, or Deacon Joe. Yeah. yeah. Because the other 99 could be in danger then. Right. That's where but, I heard it. <laughs> yeah, that's where you heard Although, it. Although right? yeah. 99 together are safer than one on Absolutely. its own. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an inter- that's an interesting parable also, of mm-hmm. course. Um, there's just so... Um, I, I love when we talk around the table about something like this because there is no right or wrong. Right. Who's the most, who's the most important character? What's the biggest lesson right. here? Right. Whatever you heard, there's a, a few lessons here, whatever you heard, whatever makes sense to you. And when I hear this next year, I might be in a different place and I might hear something different, you know? Right. That's the beauty yeah. of, of constantly hearing the scriptures and being in, immersed in the scriptures is that you do hear a different message depending on where you're at. Right. On that particular day. Right. Right. And sometimes we need to be reminded to be the generous one forgiving. Yep. 
Um, and sometimes we need to be to remember that it's okay to humble ourselves and ask for repentance and mm-hmm. forgiveness because especially when it comes to God, it's going to be there, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I, I was reading too about how not to overlook that the son came back and repented and asked for forgiveness right. too. Um, so, and I think about in my own experience, even when I have, I make a mistake and I have to tell one of my children or something, you know, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do, but the reward is so great because immediately I feel better. We've mended the relationship or our relationship has gone to a different level. Right. And then you think about that with God and it's magnified, you yeah. know? So you just had something up on, we just had something up on the screens about uh, asking for forgiveness is hard. Yeah. Forgiving is a much, um, yeah, much more difficult and much more grace filled. I mean, it's much, it's much harder to do. To forgive, you know, you feel you can feel bad and say, I, "I've got to be sorry. I've got to. I'm hungry, or I I can't live like this anymore." But then, for the person that you offended, to forgive, and that, from both ends, it really shows love. Yeah, right. all part of yes. love. I mean, I can't think offhand if there's ever been an experience where I said I was sorry and you know, was able to humble myself to ask for forgiveness, that somebody really turned the cheek and said, no way, I ain't going <laughs> to forgive you. You know, right. it's like, it's, it's, and it's just, it's like a cleansing. Yeah. I mean, you right. feel so. But it does happen. And I think that's part of the difficulty in saying you're sorry is mm-hmm. like, you are, Putting yourself risk. out there, you're yeah. taking a risk because it could it could hurt it could go twice as right. much if they don't accept. You know, yeah. The quote is actually from um, that you're talking about, Donna, mm-hmm. is from Yolanda Hated, and I it goes. I believe forgiveness is the best form of love in any relationship. It takes a strong person to say they're sorry, and an even stronger person to forgive. Absolutely right. And I think just I don't know where this sub how this how we got to this the depth of this subject, but I think um, when you say you're sorry, you make a decision to go to that person and apologize and say you're sorry. But the person that you're going to isn't always prepared to respond, right? Because right. they're often caught off guard. You know, you have thought about it. You have made a decision. I'm going to apologize. I need to do this. And they're like, oh, well, now wait. wait probably now what do I do? Right. Now what do I do? I'm still mad inside, and I should yeah. I should forgive because that's what I should do. Like, and oh. you've probably also made the decision once you go to them that whatever the outcome yeah. is going to be, I will accept it. You know, because well, I don't know if everybody no, comes know. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I, assume, I mean, yeah. it's I mean, it's something that is hard. To also do, I mean, because you you don't know, right? right? Um, and maybe it's not going to happen right then and there. Maybe it's going to take time, exactly, for th- that person to you know forgive you. Right. That's right. where that's where the serenity comes in, though. Is we if we let go of the outcomes, if you do the right the next right thing, without 
being attached to specific outcomes. Mm-hmm. If we have expectations right. of somebody's behavior, when we say, our, I'm sorry, right. then we're planning our resentments. You know, yeah. um, you, you really have to let go of the outcomes and do the next right thing and hope that it comes, of course, upon for, forgiving and loving, you know, ears and heart. But you're right, Donna. It might they might not be ready? And not yeah. be there because yeah. you're there. Yeah, and you're like, mm-hmm. but God is always ready. That's true. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> God is always ready. But in human the the life experiences, sometimes things take time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. There's a lot of pieces that we could go. A lot of avenues we can go down. <laughs> right, right, right. With this. Um, Parable with so many parables, which is what we're going to talk about next week, is right. how the parables affect us and um, teach us and help us to walk and live our faith. Um, how they, we'll talk about it. Yeah, just a prequel. It's it was a very good series that we did. So, um, and we're in the planning stages for an Advent series. So we'll for. Talk about season that. eight. Yep. Yes, that should be coming very soon. Um, and we'll don't want to give that away yet, right? No, we're we'll we're gonna. It'll be our little secret for that's today. A, yeah. <laughs> Tune in next time. That's Tune an Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> we might reveal right. <laughs> season eight next time. Don't or just it. another hint. <laughs> <laughs> or just another hint. Uh, uh. Lisa, do you want to pray us out? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for bringing us together today and taking a look at the parable that you gave us. Thank you for the insights that um, that we've had today, guided by the Holy Spirit. And thank you for your everlasting love and forgiveness. Thank you for always accepting us and loving us where we're at and being ready to take us back. We hope that we um, can move forward in our faith, um, and we ask you to walk with us as we do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you, Donna. You're a lady too, but I meant (laughs) all ladies. (laughs) Ladies as guests and ladies Ladies as guests. Ladies as guests and hosts and all of us to be together. That's God's will. He's the one that put us together. Absolutely. Thank you to our listeners. And yes. And um, we will, we're ready to see you next week. Absolutely. Have a good week. Amen. 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 Amen.